This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves with Warrior Watch today, uh, this beautiful September morning. We're so excited about what God is doing through BPN Radio and Dale Gentry and Gene Gentry. We are excited about what God's doing in America. I believe that God is calling, and I believe the church is awakening to prayer. Um, I believe that sleeping giant is awakening and really taking her place. I see the body of Christ coming alive. We see it in our personal lives. We see it in our church, and I see it in my friends across America, a real hunger for prayer, and I'm so thankful for what this ministry is doing. I want to encourage you, if this is your first time to listen, to really pray about being a, su- a support financially to this ministry. Um, there are not a lot of ministries that are spending a lot of time talking about prayer, and really, without prayer, we can do nothing. So, I honor uh, Dale and Jean Gentry, I honor everyone that's a part of BPN Radio and what they're doing. I'm also really excited today about my guest. I have one of my dear uh, friends. Um, a woman of God, her name is Karen Edwards, and I've had the privilege of being a part of Karen's life uh, for uh, right over seven years now and watching the transformation in her as she received the Holy Spirit and watching her go from really an infant in Christ to a just a warrior, a, a, a princess, a princess of a woman. And uh, she's just beautiful. And one of the things that we, I asked her to come in here and talk today, and one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to walk out a life of peace. Um, it, we live in a world, in a fallen world, where there is no peace. And the enemy, even after we're saved, the enemy does everything in his power to completely rob us of our peace and our faith. And he wants us to walk in fear and he wants us to walk just in total confusion. But I've watched Karen take God's word, spend time in his presence, and she's living out a life before me of faith and peace. And so our topic is, is, is really this question. How do I walk out a life allowing the Prince of Peace to help me live a consistent life of peace. Because when I'm walking in peace, faith is working. It's operating. I'm incongruent with the Holy Spirit. When I'm walking in fear and no peace, then I'm totally out of step with the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited to have Miss Karen. Thank you, Karen, for being here. Yeah, thank you, Callie. I'm so glad to be here. And, um, you know, the the. One of the things that I want to say before you get started with kind of your walk and how God walked you through this is Jesus paid the price on Calvary for us to have everything back. He redeemed everything we lost in the garden and we lost our place. We lost the kingdom. We lost perfect health. We lost uh, perfect minds. We lost our peace in that garden. 
But when Jesus died on Calvary, he redeemed us and he redeemed us back and he, he gave us everything back. But I want to talk to you about that process, how you begin to practically walk out that process after your salvation. So tell us a little bit about that today. Sure. Um, and you know, it's so funny when you started talking about all that, I was listening to everything, but what I heard the most was that Jesus died on Calvary to give us back our peace. Right. And so the the very first thing I want to talk about is the moment I met Jesus, because gosh, I'm almost 55 years old. Yes. I knew who Jesus was as far as I heard his name since I was a child. I was born and raised in a denominational church, but it was in 1994 that I stepped into a church as a grown adult by choice so I could begin to uh, learn more and meet this Jesus. (laughs) And so God, it's, it's not been that long, 1994. And what happened for me that I just, I honed in on right there was even at the beginning of that journey, when I got my first Bible and began to study scripture for the very first time in my life, I met Jesus and I began to have a relationship with him. And I began to learn what the word of God said in the scriptures right. about who God is. Right. And God is Jesus. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus died for us. And so the very first thing I want to talk to all of you about that, all the listeners are, we're all sitting here now in different places in our walk. Right. But when I start thinking about peace... I'm talking to everybody because as a brand new baby Christian, right. what I recognized was that I didn't have peace. Right. Before I met Jesus, I didn't realize that. And it's kind of funny because I, I had nicknames as a child. One of them was the itch. One of them was motor mouth. I mean, these were things that I didn't understand what that meant. But basically what that meant was people that saw me, people that were around me, uh, didn't see peace. <laughs> yeah. Because that was really a fruit of, of not knowing Jesus right. and what was going on inside of me and not having peace and not being comfortable in who I was and my not knowing who I was. And that went all the way into my adulthood. So that didn't even start to be a wrecking. I wasn't, you know, so some people realize, oh my goodness, I'm an addict or these terrible, we, what we would think of as um, bigger sins. They're not. They're every person on this earth that doesn't know Jesus is dealing with some kind of turmoil inside of them. And for me, that identity issue, not knowing Jesus brought anything but peace. Well, what it the turmoil was may manifest in a different way Exactly. in me versus mm-hmm. you, but without Jesus, we all have turmoil we and have the lack peace. of peace. Exactly. We have lack of peace. And you know, really it is attached to just what you said no matter how we want to uh, describe it, what it is, is the opposite of that. It's the enemy putting fear into us, fear of something, fear yes. of people, fear of circumstances, whatever it is. And um, so I think the beginning of it all was when you meet Jesus, just choosing to want to know who he is. And that's what I did. You know, I mean, it's about choosing life, choosing peace, pursuing peace, seeking peace. And how do you, how do you do that? You just begin to know him. That's what I did was I said, okay, I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to open that scripture and start to learn who is this Prince of Peace? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And 
you know, it's, it's there's salvation where you just say, I choose to believe that Jesus is God and everything you just said, that he died on the cross wow. for us, and that his blood completely, completely uh, restored everything that the enemy stole. But now there's a walking out of it. Right. There's a transformation process. And I know everybody's different, but Callie, I got I, I to tell you that for me, I would grab hold of one scripture. And I knew my mind had a lot of stuff going on in it that I just, that would always take me the wrong direction and bring, bring fear into my life, which of course translates into difficulties and relationships and making, you know, errors in judgment in all different ways because I was chasing things I didn't understand. But, um, so I, I clung to one scripture and I remember putting it on, uh, index cards. I remember saying it over and over again. And the scripture was, and I, I want to say it this way. It was his promise. It was God's promise. That's what I needed. I mm-hmm. needed to trust this promise. And it was, thy will keep, thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And so anytime I felt turmoil, I didn't know a lot that was in the Bible. So I just stuck with that scripture. And I would say it at that moment. I would get still and I would say, thou would keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, really, that's the number one thing. Uh, you cannot know very, you could be a, just a brand new Christian, mm-hmm. or you can be a very seasoned Christian who hasn't learned this peace thing. Mm-hmm. And, but the key is our mind, we go back to Jesus. Right. I don't feel peace. Jesus help me. It's yeah. just really that simple. It is. And when your mind goes on him and then, and then here's what I, and here's what I really encourage anybody and everybody to do is that. Um, scripture says he takes us from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. So, you know, what was next for me was getting more specific in my mind. Like I need help. I need instruction. I need to know what to do with all these thoughts. And, um, you know, I learned the scripture it's Philippians. I should know this. It's Philippians, um, four, eight through nine. And again, I wrote this on an index card. I love this. I love this. And I used it as, you know, kind of like if you think of your old science class, I used it as a litmus test. Um, and, and it said, and I'm going to read it. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is virtue in anything, whatever is praiseworthy, Think on these things. Well, uh, go back and, and true. Let's. Let, let, I want to. I want to hone in on that scripture because this is going to help a this lot was of people. So big for me. I yeah. Know. Whatever he says. He says if you're going to think on things. Now mm-hmm. I want you listeners to get this because this is going to help us. Anything that doesn't fall under these categories. There it is. Right. Is there. a lie. Right. Anything that doesn't fall under these categories is the enemy trying to rob you of your p- current peace. Let's read them again. They're true. Noble, noble, just, just, pure, pure, lovely, lovely, of good report, of good report. If there is virtue, if there is virtue, or if anything is praiseworthy, or if anything is praiseworthy. So let me just say this. Not only should we be thinking on these things, but we should be talking these things. Exactly. Because it's kind of like chicken or egg, what you think you say, but what you say you think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. What you think, you say. What you say, you think. So we've got to not only watch what we think and put it through that. It's like like taking um, something and putting it through a strainer. That's your strainer. 
Yes. It's going to pick up all the pulp and only the juice is going to come through. Only what is fit for you will come through. And so not only do, does Callie have to think on things that are true, think on things that are lovely, good report, things that are a virtue, things that are, things that are lovely, but I need to be saying things are true, saying things that are lovely, saying all those. It's, it's got to be it, my mouth has to mirror what I'm thinking. My thinking has to mirror my mouth. Exactly. And, you know, um, that's that's intentional. It's saying, God, I need help with this. Jesus, I need help with this. And then he has the instruction right there for us. And so when I was trying to figure this whole thing out, um, I stayed on that for a long time. And let me say this, Karen, while we're on that thought. Mm -hmm. You you may say, Pastor Callie, Karen, I I know I'm supposed to do this, but I I find myself talking bad or I find myself thinking bad. Look, Join the club. <laughs> We've all been there. Right. So, but when you find yourself, you capture it. That's when the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you feel yourself thinking on things that are not lovely, not good report, not virtuous, take it captive and say, God, do just what Karen, God, help me. I'm thinking something that's evil. I'm thinking something that's not good. I'm asking you to help me capture this and I want to replace it. And then at that point, if you have to go sit down and write it down, what you're going to say in replace of that, Mm -hmm. like if the devil said, tells you you're not smart and you do something that you think is stupid and you say to yourself, I'm just not smart. I'm using it. No, I am smart. I am smart. I'm going to talk intelligent. I'm going to think intelligent. Everything I do, I refuse to think that I'm not smart. Well, that can literally be translated to anything in your life. So, yes, you will have to do some practical things. You're going to have to take captive what I call evil thoughts. And evil thoughts are not, may not be necessarily robbing a bank or killing somebody, but if it's tearing at the fabric of who Jesus says you are, right, exactly. it's evil. Exactly. And you know what's beautiful about what you just said, Callie? Here's the thing. What I know for me personally, this was a journey that I needed. Only Jesus could change these things. And all of us will, we're going to talk later about how to walk out a life that is so full of peace because this becomes... You know, he is completely, uh, it's his power within us that does all of this. But at the beginning, I can remember where these categories, that's what I'll call them, true, noble, just, pure, lovely, what I would realize is, oh my goodness, I'm hitting the replay button on these thoughts. They're going over in my head over and over and over again. So I had to learn how to think of my mind as like a, a VCR. That's that, that was how old I was when that was all going on, VCR. <laughs> and I used to think about how to hit the stop button because I heard that once, that a Christian can, you know, someone that can be able to just hit the stop button and not the rewind button. Right. Not the play button. And, and so, erase it. And erase it, and God was so good. And then there was this revelation, and I know that when you're in the Word— God will reveal, Holy Spirit will reveal what those scriptures mean and in new and different ways. And one day I'm in that exact same scripture and I had never seen the next verse before. Okay. And the next verse, and I know you're going to love this, Callie, but the next verse says, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Oh, wow. So there it is. There it is, right? So what I was thinking, and Paul wrote this, and I was thinking, first of all, you know, everything's revelatory in Scripture. God knew that we might catch this and do something with it, but he's saying, 
what you've learned, do it over and over and over again. And the words say, keep doing this. Yeah. And the God of peace will be with you. What happens is if you do it consistently, it becomes a habit. And before you know it, you're not having to throw your stuff in the strainer. It's all coming out pure. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, anything that you do long enough, it becomes a habit. Mm And you don't have to stop and capture anymore because you've cleaned your brain so much Mm -hmm. and used the word so much as the Bible says the word literally washes us. Exactly. It's a washing. So we take that litmus test and we apply everything we think to that litmus test. And then what happens as a result of that is I walk in peace. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, And you know, when you think about the blood and you think about the supernatural power of God, all we're doing really at the beginning of all this, when we're focused on this, is we're saying, I trust you that this word is true. I trust you (laughs) that you say, if I think on these things, then the God of peace. Yeah, because you haven't walked it out yet. Because I hadn't walked it out yet. But when you, you know, it's kind of like I think about sometimes, you know, have you ever had like the flu or cold? You're like, oh my gosh, I feel horrible. And you're laying in bed and you feel like it's never going to end. Sometimes you're laying there. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm better. I, I completely feel different. That's how I've lived life. Like when the peace supernaturally and through the word and through just trusting God's word on all this and this walk out, walking it out, I, I remember one day when I thought, I feel calm inside. <laughs> and it was a new feeling. It was something I had never felt yeah, because in you my whole... I know where I was. I was driving down the street. I remember it, exactly where I was when I felt peace that I'd never felt before. Only Jesus... You know, that trust thing, I go back to that trust thing, and you you may say, well, Pastor Kelly, I'm like, Karen was, I've not tried this before, but I want to encourage you to try it and do it. It's like the first time you're sitting on a, you know, I've got a little granddaughter, and she jumped, we went to the swimming pool the other day, and I told her to jump into my arms, and she was reluctant because she can't swim, Mm. but she jumped into my arms, and I did not let her go under. I let her just kind of bounce on the water. Well, the second time she jumped in my arms, she didn't even hesitate. Mm. I promise you, Jesus is not going to let you go under. No, he says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is going to be there. He is. And, I, you know, when I think about the words Prince of Peace, and isn't it amazing? It's in Isaiah. Yes. Before Jesus ever walked the earth, you know, and, he, and, they, and that foreshadowing, and he will be called the Prince of Peace. Well, think about that. It's, it, is he our prince? Are we allowing him to rule in, in our, our hearts yes. and allowing him to rule our peace. And if we ask him, it's what he desires. He's right there. He's closer than breath to do just what he promises. Well, if he, he is ruling and reigning in our heart, mm-hmm. there is an atmosphere of peace in our life. Mm-hmm. If there's a lack of peace, there's areas we have not given to him. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. And, you know, I, I've been serving God Karen is still a relatively new Christian, even though she's a very advanced Christian because she's really, you know, it's all about application. And this, this, thing, this, thing, this, this thing called living for God is all about application, but she's applied and she's grown very fast. I've been serving God since I was 16. And I can tell you there, there, for many, for decades, there were areas in my life that, did, that Jesus didn't rule in. He ruled in mm-hmm. certain areas, mm-hmm. but he didn't rule every area. And I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're a pastor, Callie, and maybe you've been serving God for a long time, and maybe you grew up in a religious mindset, 
Ask God to just really dismantle all of that and to just reveal himself afresh to you mm. and allow him, ask him to come in and rule every part of your life. Because many times we run to other substitutes other than allowing Jesus. You know, I, I've, and, I, and I, I don't mind admitting to you, there's been times I've run to food when I felt scared or afraid or uneasy or, you know, I wasn't having peace in my life. So I just want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to, um, to open up to you and show you areas that he is not ruling. If he's ruling in your life, there is an atmosphere. If he's ruling in your life in, in any area, there's an atmosphere of peace. Mm. If he's not ruling in, that, in an area, there will be an atmosphere of fear and chaos. Mm-hmm. And we, we do sometimes compartmentalize things when really Jesus wants to infiltrate every area of our life, our relationships, our physical well-being, our spiritual well-being, how we handle the community, how we handle our jobs, how we handle our children, how we go from day to day. He wants to infiltrate every... We don't want to be weakened warriors, and we don't want to be compartmentalized Christians. We want Jesus to have access to every area of our life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I I know we're going to break in a, a few minutes, but I just had a visual in my heart, okay. in my mind, in my spirit. And I just, um, I know that by the end of this, as we keep talking and we keep talking, we go to the next level of right. how we can just be completely walking in peace, no matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what things look like. I saw a person floating just now. And what you're saying is is relevant to that. I think that's why God showed it to me because they were floating in the water and, um, you have to just completely let go of everything to float. Yeah. You're just laying there. I just saw that person laying there, not holding on to anything. Their hands are, their palms are up. Their hands are up. They're not holding anything at all. And yet there's such a peace to floating. It's like, how is that even happening? Right. And we're going to talk more about how it can actually be no matter what. You know, it, this brought back a memory. A couple of years ago, we had a, we had a, ter- we had a, ter- a terrible, terrible storm in Wimberley. And in the, in the whole country, and it was terrible. And it hit uh, this, it was a, well, actually it was a flood. And it was a flood that came in. It was an unexpected flood. It rose in that little town and tore houses off of foundations, ripped, you know, trees that were hundreds of years old up out of the ground. And a lot of people died in it. But the ones that didn't die, now get a load of this, the ones that didn't die, did not fight the flood. They floated. There you go. Mm-hmm. They floated and let it just carry them. Now, yeah, they got beat up and banged up, but it didn't kill them. It didn't drown them. Mm-hmm. The The thing is, many times when we're in storms, we fight the storms. We fight. We try to do things in our natural being, in our natural way of doing things. When God wants us to learn to trust him in the good times, the bad times, the storms, the, the sunny days, the bright days, the... He wants us to learn to trust him in everything that we do. He wants us to, when we feel the discontentment, when we feel the fear, when we feel the lack of trust, when we feel the peace going, when we feel the pebble in our shoe, he wants us to stop and lean into him, lean into Jesus. This is a part of Jesus being present in every area. And one of the things that the Lord has been, and I'm getting ready to write a sermon on this, is the Lord wants me to trust him and he wants me to be present future. Mm. 
not present past. If you live present past, you'll live in fear and regret. But if you live in present future, no, we learn from our past, but we don't live there. You live in present future, then you are walking, you're trusting and walking into your destiny and you will begin to see the favor of God manifest in your life. And part of that is trust and allowing the Prince of Peace to to really lord over everything in your life. Right, Karen? Absolutely. I I love the word trust. And I think that even that comes um, in the hardest times more than in the good times. So when you're talking about that storm, he's preparing all of us. Everybody listening on this call, you're kingdom builders. You're um, part of the shaking of the earth right now. You're part of what God's doing for his kingdom before the coming of Christ when, you know, he will rule all of eternity. And you are um, being prepared. And so a call like this right now, this show right now, when we talk about peace, it's not only for you. And I love that because when the storms come, if we begin the journey where we say, you are the Prince of Peace, I'm going to let you rule in my heart, we learn to walk that out. And and as we continue this show, we're going to talk more and more about in every little area. Then as the storms come, your steadiness and your peace in the midst of whatever is going on in your world or the world, that's kingdom work (laughs) because people need to see that because, you know, that scripture, be still and know that I am God, that's for us as we begin this journey. And, And when we feel anything that is not peaceful, we go to him, we get still, we've, we've learned to trust his word. We've learned to trust his promises. We've learned Um, and let the word transform us in this journey. And we're able to be still, know who he is, know he's God, walk through that storm, come out on the other end, letting him do the work he has to do in us. But when others see that, they will want to know the God (laughs) that we know. Yeah, Jesus for us he is our life jacket. Yes. He's our life jacket. And we and and the reason I say, you know, you don't you don't necessarily need a life jacket when everything's good. But when the lack of peace, when confusion wants to come in, you need something to put on you. Mm-hmm. Jesus is your Prince of Peace. He is your Prince of Peace life jacket. If you put Jesus on in the middle of a storm, you are not gonna drown. Absolutely. You're not going to drown. And you have to understand, and I know a lot of you do understand this, but everything in this fallen world is designed to rob us of our peace. The, you know, if you watch the news, you watch five minutes of the nightly news, and without Jesus, you'll be ready to blow your head off. You, you get on Facebook. You look at media. Everything is designed to rob you of your peace. So what we as Christians, we've got to stay in communion with the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow the, the Jesus to be the Prince of Peace in our lives so that when these outside forces come into our lives, it doesn't rock our boat. We've got our life jacket on. We've got our Jesus life jacket on. And so the water might be turbulent, but... Our head's above water. I'm not drowning. I'm smiling while I'm bobbling on the water. And and we can't do that without walking it out practically. You get saved in an instant. You walk out this renewal and this consecration over a lifetime. 
But this Prince of Peace element is a, it's like a cornerstone of your walk with God. And once we learn how to abide in Jesus, and that is peace, then it, it doesn't matter. One of your kids are sick, you trust God to heal you. Some, your husband loses a job, you know God's got a better job. You know God's going to su- supply. You find out you got cancer, God is your healer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something, something happens to rattle your, your, the way you think. Somebody tells you you're, you're not nice or you're ugly or somebody attacks you. You know that your confidence is not in what people think, but your confidence is in who you are in Christ. All, everything, there's not one thing the enemy can shovel up and throw at our front door that Jesus doesn't have an answer and a solution for. And when we begin to see ourselves wrapped in his love, wrapped in the identity of Jesus, we allow him to get involved in everything that the enemy flows. What happens is there's it gets to where the enemy just, okay, I got to go into somebody else because you are learning. There you go. And that's exactly right. And I know at the beginning I was talking about how Jesus already has died on the cross. He, he has handed us the keys to the kingdom. You know, we are, he lives in us. And so his promise is that we can have this peace we're talking about. So at the beginning, I said, choose peace, pursue peace, seek peace. But I was going to say, and I want, want anybody that's taking notes to write down this word in, in really big letters, refuse anything but peace. but peace. That's good. Because that's when the enemy runs, when you just have just said, I refuse anything, because that's when you start really paying attention. Is do I Am I settled completely? We'll talk about that more in a little bit, but you can get to this place when you refuse anything but peace. Well, if you run it through those filters, through the pure, filters. holy, virtuous, then, and if it doesn't fall under those guidelines that Jesus gave us in Romans. He gave us, Paul gave them to us, but it was Jesus ultimately gave them through Paul. If we, if we run it through that filtering system right. and it doesn't fall under those categories, it's, it's not, not from God. God. Uh, we're going to take a moment and we're going to play a song from Hillsong that is so appropriate. It's called Prince of Peace. I want you to uh, just relax, worship, and enjoy this. And we're going to come back and talk about some practical ways to keep our peace. We'll see you in a minute. stone clouds raging deep within the prince of peace came bursting through the wind the violent sky held its breath and in your life I found rest tearing through the night Riding on the storm, staring down the fire, my eyes found yours, shining like the sun, striding through my feet, the Prince of Peace met me then. Like the sunlight piercing through the dark The prince of peace came, broke into my heart The violent cry 
this is Pastor Kelly, and I am so excited about this topic today. We're talking about how to live a life of peace, allowing the Prince of Peace to literally just control our lives uh, with peace. Because who who wants to live life without peace? I mean, that we give our lives to Jesus, and we give our lives to Jesus knowing that He's going to take our filthy rags, He's going to take our sin, He's going to take all of our nothing, and He's going to replace it with everything we lost in the garden. We're going to get it all back. And so today I want to take the second half of this. We've been talking about peace and walking in peace, but I want to talk about practically how to do that. Um, I want to talk about recognizing the lies that the enemy tells you that rob you of your peace. And, And let me say this, our peace can be robbed by two different things. Our peace can be robbed by the enemy of our soul, an outside force coming into our life with a lie. Our peace can also be robbed by us not being obedient to the Holy Spirit and going headlong and doing something we know that Jesus is not, the Holy Spirit is not for. Either one can rob us of our peace. And we can make a choice to do something that we know is incongruent not what Holy Spirit, and it's like walking with a pebble in your shoe. You can only do it so long before you've got blood running out of your foot. So I really want to encourage you today, the second half of this broadcast, Karen is going to break down, we're going to go back and revisit a few points of the first half, but we're going to break down not only how to uh, filter what comes into our head and make sure it falls under the categories that it's supposed to fall under. We're going to use the scripture, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. We're going to start with that. We're going to reread that. And we're going to talk about not how to not only keep, get peace, but to keep peace and to filter the things that come to us, bombard our minds so that we can walk in victory. God gave us salvation and redemption so that we could not only go to heaven, but but so that we could live a victorious life in the here and now. Mm -hmm. Karen, will you read that scripture again? Yes, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it um, from the message this time just because... Uh, I love the way this is worded. I actually have never read this before. I looked it up during our break. That's awesome. But I love this. And and this is what the message says. Again, it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Summing it up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, I love this part, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I love that. And again, it's just it's just a different way of saying we have to have the mind of Christ. And any of those categories are how Christ thinks. It's how he thinks about everything. <laughs> those who have betrayed us, hurt us, circumstance. He sees differently than us. And so if we start only thinking about things that we're seeing or feeling, we're off track if it doesn't fall in those categories. And then we just begin to bring God into the picture. That's our time to say, wait a minute, what do you have to say about this? I love the word harmonies. You know, if you're a musician 
and I, I'm musical. I come from a musical family. If I, if I go into a church service, and I'm going to use a church service because that's what I'm in mostly, and I hear the worship team and there's a harmony or somebody's singing something that's off, it will distract me. I have, it's, like a, it's like throwing rocks in my spirit. I can't even focus. But when something is in perfect harmony, mm. I, ju- I can just get in the, it's like going into another heaven. I literally can soar my spirit. So that's what happens when we allow our thought life and the things that we think to come in harmony with what God says is good for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect music to, to our ears and his ears. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. It's perfect harmonious music Mm -hmm. to our ears and to his ears. Mm -hmm. And, and the King James says the Prince of peace, it brings peace into our life. So harmony, you think, you think when everybody's getting along in the office, there's Mm -hmm. peace. Mm -hmm. When everybody's getting along and there's harmony in the home, there's peace. Mm -hmm. The lack of peace is the lack of God. The presence of peace is the presence of the Holy spirit. Can you tell me some examples of, of maybe, Karen, when you didn't have peace and how you begin to recognize it and what, what that looks like? Talk about that. Well, you know, um, okay, so let me get my thoughts clear on this because it's two different worlds for me. That, that, that beginning salvation transformation, there was, so, there was such a little, there was almost no peace. So you were talking about pebble in the shoe. That's not how I felt. I mean, I had a boulder coming out my head, hitting me in the chest and things could look calm on the outside, but it was more about everything on the inside had to do with being fearful. And I was going backwards in my head a lot and thinking about what I just said and what just happened and what, um, and when I went forward in my mind, it wasn't like you were talking about living present future because I didn't know God. Right. So my when when I would think back, I would always be thinking regret. Right. You know things like that. When I would look forward, it was fear because I didn't know what was ahead and I didn't know God was with me yet. Right. Um, so as the beginning of all this happened, it was simply a way for. Um, me to understand, oh, God is here, God is with me, and God says, and I would find a scripture that would replace whatever was going on. So in other words, that was a step that was powerful. Because once I said, no, I refuse to not have peace, and this is my litmus test, now what do I do with that? So it was all about asking God, well, what is the truth? What do you say? That's powerful. Right. Now, I, I want to move forward a little bit because there's so many mature Christians listening right now. Sure. So, so let's talk about us. it. How does it feel now? Now it's completely different because there's a place that I've gotten to in life where um, even the smallest pebble, pebble, a tiny unsettling, uh, an example would be, I have two examples that come to my mind. One, a, a little while ago I was trying to make a decision about sharing something with someone, writing them a note and and sharing my heart. And I prayed and I spoke to God about, you know, um, do, do any of these words displease you? You know, I kind of went through the list of, will I hurt that person or am I writing it the right way? And everything there was a check mark on, you know, it was fine. And I, I laid the note in a place where that person would see it and I just went on my business because I thought it was a good idea. You know, I thought I had done my due diligence to just make sure that my words were kind, 
all of those things. And there was something in my spirit that was a bit unsettled, just a bit unsettled. And all of a sudden, I just, through years of learning how to do this, and actually, Callie, you taught me a lot of this, was I said, Holy Spirit, why am I unsettled? What do you see here? And and what I heard was, don't share it. The timing is not wow. right. Wow. And so I removed the note. Well, without going into the whole story, um, that was exactly what needed to happen. And here's something. What, uh, what would have happened would probably not have been anything bad because I, the words were kind and all of that was in place. They were, it, was a, it was God. God would have been completely pleased, but it was not the best right. thing that could have happened. It, it might have been good, but it wasn't not the best. The best. Yeah. He would have blessed, but instead it wasn't he, God. He, it wasn't, he had more. And what I realized was I hadn't asked him that. I hadn't asked him that question. I had kind of said, you know, are these words kind, et cetera, but I hadn't said, is this the right time? What do you say? Do Should I? And so that was one beautiful example because it made me realize when I'm a little bit unsettled, sometimes it just means, oh, I have something else to say. I have more for you. And that was incredible. And then just today, just yesterday, I had um, had a, I was having a great day, but I felt something, a pebble in my shoes, something a bit unsettled. Mm-hmm. And I got still and I said, Holy Spirit, what is this about? And he revealed to me something that I didn't even realize I was feeling. And I want you, get, I want you to understand this. This is absolutely a level of understanding, that, a life of peace that can be beyond what we even know. What I realized at that moment when he, when he revealed what I was feeling was he knows my heart. Just like scripture says, he knows my heart even more than I do. He knows it better than we do. Better than we do. So learning how to say, okay, I don't feel a peace fully right now and going directly to him, like not trying to solve it by asking someone else or, you know, reviewing the situation and coming up with what's going on. I just have learned how to say, I'm going to you first. You know, for the personalities that are listening that are more, what I would say, cautious, just about life, they're going to check with somebody. I think this is really easy. It's this easier lesson. Mm. If you tend to be more studious and cautious and to, that's me. you know, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a, actually a good, good trait when you're learning to listen to the Holy Spirit for the personalities that are more like Pastor Callie, who are like a bull in a China closet and you get an idea and you feel like you got to execute it in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> this is a, this is something that you need to learn. And I had to learn this the hard way. You know, uh, I, so, I sometimes pro- flow prophetically, and you've got to learn that everything that God tells you, you're not supposed to say. Everything that God tells you about someone, you're not supposed to reveal. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, we're getting to the end of this broadca- broadcast, but I just want to encourage you that um, it is very, very important that we um, that we ask Holy Spirit that we ask Holy Spirit, you know, what uh, is is your timing right on this? Mm. Do you do you want me to even say this? Especially if you tend to have knee jerk reactions to things. Sometimes your knee jerk reaction is out of a fear, or out of a, this a sense of control. So this this whole concept of asking Holy Spirit will not only keep peace in your life. But it'll keep you from having to clean up a lot of drama behind you. Have you ever been around somebody and it just seemed like they'd left a wake behind them? 
Everywhere mm-hmm. they went, they were leaving just wakes of problems because they they had no consciousness of they just wanted to achieve their goals. They didn't care who they hurt in the process. Well, we're not supposed to be like that. Christians are not supposed to be like that. We need to be submitted to Holy Spirit, submitted to God, submitted to the authority that God has put in our life. And we need to ask Holy Spirit, is your timing? I love what Karen said. She was writing this note and then she said, okay, do you even want me to send this note? Because <laughs> sometimes I'll go to do something and then realize, God didn't tell me to do this. Am I even supposed to do this? So, and I had a situation not too long ago where I really wanted to do something. I really wanted it. And I felt the pebble in my shoe. And I knew there was a pebble in my shoe. And I didn't, and someone else told me that it wasn't a good idea. And I didn't care because I wanted it. So I want to talk to those that are listening that are dealing with their flesh. You know, it's not an outside demon in coming in. You're dealing with your hardcore flesh. Jesus will not only help us with the outside intrusions of the enemy, but he'll also, if we will submit to him, he'll help us with our own fleshly desires that are not God-oriented and that are going to take us down a path that's not good. So I I just really want to encourage you today that um, whether you're dealing with an outside intrusion of the enemy, or you're dealing with your own carnal thinking, the Prince of Peace, that little pebble, if you'll ask Jesus to show you and say, Jesus, you know what? I'm not only asking you to show me what's robbing me of my peace, I'm asking you, here's what I did. I said, God, I want you to show me what's robbing me of my peace. And he did. And then I said, now, God, I need you to give me the grace Mm. to be willing to submit to your instruction because it's not just God revealing but we have to have the grace to be obedient to the instruction Karen well and I love that I I think it's incredibly transparent first of all and I, I God loves transparency yes he does he loves transparency I, I know that we do have different personalities. So where you ask for that, one of the things that I had heard once a long, long time ago, and it was somebody who said, if you're, you know, we, we love God as Christians, sure. we love God, but we sometimes have to be braver than we are, you know, and, and he said, if you're brave, pray Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 okay every day 139 139 23 and 24 can you read that to us it says search me O god and know my heart try me and reveal if there are any wicked ways in me yes lead me in the way of everlasting yes and i you know i just think that i mean he loves us so much that we already know that if he searches us he knows our heart. He finds those those things, those fleshly things, like you were talking about. And let's about, stop or here on that word, sti- wicked. Mm-hmm. Let's start on that. You know, when we, let, let's let's just drive down on wicked. We think of wicked as someone that kills somebody, robs a bank, murderer, maybe sexual sin. But wicked is when I don't honor God and His will first. Mm-hmm. If anything, if I'm doing good and I'm not doing God, that's wicked. If I'm doing God's will, that's righteous. 
Beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Simple. And you know, I, I, ris- I misread it, so I want to go back one line too. And it says, search me, O God, know my God and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Reveal if there is any wicked way in me. So it, putting it all together, it's just asking him to, t- just like that scripture at the beginning, just know the thoughts. Anything that's anxious means we're away from peace. Right. And it doesn't fall into those categories that we talked about. And that wickedness just means that we're not of God. Wow, that's so good. And when we're brave enough, he's so kind. He's never going to come in like the enemy and condemn us for what's going on. Really, if we take Philippians 4, 8 through 9, Psalms 139, 23 and 24, and put those on our put those on our cards, mm-hmm. on our index cards, mm-hmm. and begin to use those as the two filters... And it won't take long to clean up your thought life and find yourselves in a place of real purity, you know, and that's where we're all striving to be. Right. And purity, um, think about that alone. When we are walking in holiness, and I do want everybody, you know, there was a time where I was confused on being able to say, I'm holy, you know, because, you, you know, there's just all these different teachings on, oh, we're still sinners, et cetera. But, you know, I am not going to discount the blood of Jesus. No, no, He no. died and sacrificed for us, and he shed his blood for us to be pure and holy right. in, in his eye. In God's eyes, we are pure and holy. And then we can also walk out holiness when we are so connected to him. And we do just like that, just the things you just um, said to write down. Um, we can walk in that. We can surrender, obey by his grace. That's why you ask for grace when you pray your right. prayer. But we can walk that well, life of that purity, position, and that's when you feel peace. That positional holiness mm-hmm. is ours when we accept Jesus. Exactly. But the process mm-hmm. of becoming holy mm-hmm. happens as well through the application of his word and the obedience to his calling. Right. And and, and if, if we're just going to have positional and live out an unholy life and not allow the process. We didn't. We didn't really get saved in the first place. That's right. That's right. But if we get saved, like we said we did, and we've we've accepted that positional holiness, and now we're walking it out. I need to look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday, mm-hmm. and tomorrow I need to look more like Jesus than I will today, mm-hmm. because it's a process of sanctification, and that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus died for. You know, this this mind, will, and emotions gets sanctified through the application of his word, the renewing of my mind, and literally living in the presence of God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I know this is a personal statement, but you just said, I need to look more like Jesus every day. And when we think about why we need to look like Jesus more and more every day, it's our testimony to the world. It is. So that they know who Jesus is. Well, for me personally, I remember the day, just like, again, I remember where I was, et cetera, where somebody announced and introduced me as a woman who carried such peace and they were, this is a, and I remember thinking, wow, I've never been described like that before in my life because I was always described the other way. And see, I thought in my mind, thank you, Jesus, for the peace. But I also thought that's my testimony. That's for sure. That's how I can point people to Jesus. 
I love that. Miss Karen, thank you so much for today. It has been a, a phenomenal day, and I, I pray that all the, the listening audience will not only take home these scriptures and these steps, but begin to walk out this. Lord, we just speak blessing over everyone that's here. We declare that they're going to know you. They're going to know the Prince of Peace. They're going to experience the power of the Prince of Peace, yes, and they're going to be able to walk out a life of peace. We give you the praise and the glory yes. and the honor. Thank you so much for joining Warrior Watch today. Thank you. Uh, tune in to uh, Warrior Chicks, warrior-chicks.com. You can keep up with our, our next prayer call is October 3rd. We'd love for you to sign up and be a part of that. We love you so much. I hope your day is wonderful and we'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.